Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to another episode of Bombing with Eric Andre, where I talk with friends, comedians, musicians, and other creative people about their worst moments on stage and being destroyed by a live audience. This time I was blessed by Sierra Leone's funny man, David Bory. He's written on my projects and he's just the coolest guy in the world. Uh, we're pod brothers. He co-hosts the podcast, My Mama Told Me, also on the Big Money Players Network, where each week he and Langston Kerman dive into a new black conspiracy theory. You can listen to my episode called It Could Be a Crackhead about the infamous Crichton Leprechaun viral video. But on this episode of Bombing, we talk about stories from the motherland and how insane it is to be on the road on Christmas, especially in Las Vegas. If you like this episode, subscribe to the podcast to get a new episode every week, rated five stars. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, you can subscribe to Big Money Player Diamond to get an exclusive clip from my hang with David Borey, plus ad-free episodes every week. And now you're going to just have to listen and let's get into it. Bombing. Bombing with Eric Andre. David Bory in the house. Man, I miss you. How you doing? All right. So I got a podcast. You have a podcast. It's called Bombing. Bombing. We are here with one of my favorite comedians. We toured together. He's written for the Eric Andre show. It's the voice of Comedy Central. It's a sex symbol. He's the body of an Adonis. Mm. And the ass of... Of Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. Tight and young. <laughs> oh, that's my ass. <laughs> David Bore, everybody. Let hey. Me hey. <laughs> First of all, your name is spelled G-B-O-R-I-E. Did I get mm-hmm. it right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the G is silent. The G is silent. How bad have people mi- fucked up and mispronounced your name? Give me like a little. What do you, you get? My high school football coach, he, he said orgy. Which is like, <laughs> dog, really? you, you can't read. Yeah, he was like, it was, orgy. First, it was the first day of weightlifting, and he was like, the Borgi, Orgy? And it's like, you can't read. Like, that's the problem. Not my Orgy. Orgy is crazy. Especially when you're a virgin, you can't live up to that. Thank God I went to a different school the next year. 
I, I had never even, I think I'd seen a boob and then you call me orgy. I can't live like that. All right. What is uh, the worst you've ever bombed on stage? This is so funny that you, because I was telling Olivia, your producer, also the producer from My Mama Told Me. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I was telling her, I just got off of my worst bombing weekend of my entire career, Christmas weekend in Las Vegas. It was, it was. What happened? Dog. It's just like. It just got so much worse. Like it started Christmas Eve Eve. So what was the venue? What was the what was the, give us some context? What was the I don't want to say the venue. Okay. Give us like the type of venue. Were you playing a casino? Were you playing a theater? Was it a room? Was it It a- was like off of a strip mall next to a casino. It was a theater or what was it? Or a comedy club? It was a co- it was a comedy club. High high ceilings. Comedy club. Crowd far far away. And it was the type of people who were in Las Vegas on Christmas. Yeah. That's a tough crowd. And I bomb like, so I start on Thursday night and I bomb consecutively worse. Oh, every show. Every single fucking show. And I tried to do. Oh, so like two a night, three a night. Two a night. Every what? Oh my God. That's a night. That's purgatory. That's a Black Mirror episode. Dog. And then I had to go to sleep, wake up, go to Gordon Ramsay's restaurant and face that shit again. (laughs) And again. And then here's the worst bomb. Oh my God. What was the talent? What was like the producer or whatever the the booker saying to you? They don't even give a shit because it's Vegas. They just. These people are going to be here anyways. It's not about putting on a good show. It's just having them go somewhere for an hour and a half so they don't gamble. Were you with any other comedian that you could commiserate with and be like, oh, this is horrible? Yeah, I was with Steve AJ, Stephen AJ, my fellow Ghanaian brother. This isn't Steve AJ. No, no, no. This is an African This is Stephen AJ. Yeah, and he also was bummed. So were you guys just like halfway through it like this is hell on earth yeah it was because it was like every night you bomb and then they let you loose on las vegas to like think about it yeah but it's also christmas eve yeah so now it's like christmas eve in vegas you're in a piano bar and Hera's just like thinking about everything you've ever done wrong it's like the saddest <laughs> christmas of all yeah, time making it christmas makes it so much worse I'm just watching it's these like, dueling pianos if like, you bombed in february you wouldn't give a shit yeah no but it, christmas eve i'm just like trying to do the math of like what time can i call my mom and have her not worried that i'm doing as bad as i am right now like it was so did you have to do an hour i had to do 45 yeah 45 45 minutes all right describe the crowd to us what's the crowd like give us paint us a picture couples where one of them had kids and one didn't and those kids were out of state i I don't even know how to respond to that what does that mean (laughs) it's people who would go to las vegas for christmas talk so is that like like jimmy buffett parrot head white people or is it like no it's like it's like it's like people who are they troubled they were happier than i was to be there which is odd but I haven't even told you the worst two parts of it. Okay, go, go, go ahead. Okay. The worst part was like, one night I ran into the arms of a sex worker. That was the only way I thought it could get better. It did not get better. So then I wake up on Christmas. You ran into the arms of a sex worker. It's such a beautiful, poetic way of saying, I bought a hooker for the night. No, because, oh, dude, it gets so much deeper because we didn't actually have sex. It was very complicated. Wow, that's conceptual. Is it? It sounds sad. So then I wake up on Christmas. Christmas is our last show. We only have to do one show on Christmas. And I'm like, all right, just one show. And then I'm free. Lord, I was going to Hawaii the next day. I was like, I'm free. We're going to be okay. 
I, I'll be okay, right? Mm-hmm. I wake up, I'm doing my thing. The club owner calls me on Christmas Day. He's like, hey, Lunell missed her flight. And I was like, I don't know what that has to do with me. Oh, no, he wanted you to do more. Lunell does the late show every Sunday night at the show. And it's on Christmas, and she missed her flight. And he's like, do you want to just do it? And I was like, uh, uh. And then he talks about the pay, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> the pay was good. The whole reason I was even there was because the pay was incredible. Yeah, yeah. Right? Many changes of conversation. Which is, no, but this is what it locked into me is like, now I'm like, I'm never doing this ever again. Yeah. I'm never doing comedy just for money. This is the worst. So it's Lunell's crowd on Christmas. They don't tell <laughs> anybody God. that she's not going to make it until people start showing up for the show. No. So in between shows, the club owner comes up and he's like, uh, people are fucking freaking out downstairs. <laughs> I have to oh go figure it out. They want their God. money back. <laughs> Fuck. So the no. only people who stayed are people who are so pissed, but they refused no. to get a refund, and no. they wanted Lunell, and it's me. They oh. wanted Lunell on Christmas, and it's me. Oh, it's me. Do you hear me? It's me. I got that, no Lunell. Uh, uh, and then nightmare. the club owner starts getting crazy, like, kind of racist. Like, he takes me and Steve aside, and he's like, listen, just so you guys know, it's an urban show, so just... Do your thing. You know, just let it hang. Do just, your thing, my brother. Yeah, yeah. He was like, Lunell, she never holds back. Just just, just let it go, baby. It, like, yeah. I'm like, who are you fucking talking to me? Somebody who's never done comedy once doesn't know Bro, what talking about. Bro, and then, so, and then, yeah, her opener made it, so her opener was there, and then I had to headline Lunell's show on Christmas for a bunch of old black aunties who were pissed. Oh, my God. That I wasn't Lunell. How'd you do? Uh, well, thank God a guy was wearing a wife beater. Why? Because I got to be like, are you wearing a wife beater? And his wife was like, yeah. And then I got like, 25 that, minutes out of that. That was your saving grace? Yeah, I made him stand up and spin around. <laughs> and but you were just grabbing at straws the whole weekend, like it was every night. Never, were you I just never, doing crowd work at one point where you're like, my jokes, they don't want my jokes? Yeah, I never got any traction ever they never liked me they were never into it i never understood what they were doing there they never understood what i was doing there did you just feel like you wanted to quit doing stand-up comedy at the end of it yeah were you like i'm gonna paint houses the rest of my life yeah i went to hawaii like the day afterwards and i was like i might just not come back i was like trying to figure it out in my head i was like you know you got other things you do you could you could make money some other way. Like you don't have to. The thing is, we have no, we have no comics have no other life skill. No, bro, I can't build anything. I'm useless. I'm fucking like I have a useless skill set. If this ends, there's nothing. What am I gonna do? There's nothing. I haven't had a real job in 15 years. There's nothing. <laughs> Entry level. I would have to. I would have to deliver pizzas. <laughs> I would have to do data entry, dog. Yeah, yeah. I'd be temping. <laughs> Delivering pizzas, <laughs> going up to a construction site with a hammer, like, hey, I could fucking hammer some nails in. Be fucking that. I would get fired from that. I couldn't even do that. I'd have to, like, go get their lunches. I would just, like, break both my legs and collect disability or something. I would just have somebody steamroll over my foot. Yeah, what are you going to do tomorrow? <laughs> this ends tomorrow. Chop off a couple toes, be like, yeah, I got diabetes, just collect disability. Did you ever have a job you were good at besides this? Never. I was the worst employee. <laughs> I was so fucking incompetent, lazy, had no, um, 
I, 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 useless. I was useless. Every job I ever had. Yeah. I got fired all the time. Lectured. Yeah, I got fired a lot. I waited. T- I lied when I first moved to New York, and I told the guy I was twenty one years old, and I told the guy that I uh, waited tables since I was fourteen. Total lie. <laughs> And he's like, all right, well, start waiting tables. And I was like, oh, how do you do that? I was dropping plates. I was burning myself. I was eating food off the customer's thing when, like, they would, like, be in the bathroom. And the other waiter's like, you can't do that, man. I was like, I'm so hungry, bro. I'm fucking starving. I was horrible. And then the guy, the, the boss came in a few days later. He goes, oh, my waiter said you look pretty nervous out there. You want to just start as a busboy? And I had some weird ego about it. I was like, fuck no, man. I'm a waiter till I D-I-E. And then I quit. And I was like so broke and hungry. And I was like, why did I just say that? And I'm like, I'm not a waiter. I'm a liar. Yeah, no. You're not. I should have just bus tables. Like, I'm a fucking idiot. The only job I ever had, I was good at working at the gas station. You worked at a gas station? But I also let all my friends steal. Really? I worked at like four different gas stations in like two different states yeah you see any crazy shit you see any brawls at a gas station or anything or was it mellow not really brawls but like i did work overnight so i would just see a lot of weird people getting out there was a bar next door called Fanukis, and you would just see weird people getting out of the bar late at night clearly driving like drunk this is rural colorado correct yeah this is like aurora so not that rural like the suburbs i interviewed the beastie boys one time and i asked them uh, I think it was Ad Rock that responded. I go, what's the craziest thing? You guys grew up in New York City. What's the craziest thing you ever saw on the subway? And he said he saw two Hasidic dudes French kissing, deep French kissing on the <laughs> on the subway, middle of the day. I was like, that's a mind-blowing, just two rabbis going at it. That's like a poster <laughs> in your art school girlfriend's apartment. <laughs> I was like, it's kind of like an Eric Andre show bit. I yeah, I would, I'd watch that. Can I borrow that from the <laughs> <laughs> It's some type of blasphemy. Like, if you do that, they won't let you get buried somewhere, I'm sure. Or <laughs> something, right? Tattoo. Yeah, worth it. So, any other bombing stories? Any other things that you like? So, there was this one... There was this one open mic that I was at in San Francisco at this place called The Brainwash that isn't there anymore. It was like a laundromat slash open mic. Oh, it sounds like a great venue. <laughs> oh, it is amazing. That's where I started, baby. Wow. And it was like, there was this guy and he was like bugging the host to get up, bugging the host to get up. And the host was like, fuck you, man. I'm not putting you up. And the guy just kept bugging him, kept bugging him. And finally, the host puts him up. And the guy just starts eating shit. And it's only five minutes, right? Yeah. But he's just eating a bag of dicks. He's so terrible. He decides to turn on the host and start making fun of the host. Oh, no. So the host grabs a knife and tries to stab him. What? Yeah, that was pretty great. And then everybody, like, grabbed the host and, like, carried him outside. The host had a knife and was ready to commit homicide? No, he didn't have a knife. He, like, grabbed it. It was, like, one of those – they were – because it was, like – Laundromat slash bar slash they serve food too. A laundromat that served food and beer and like booze? Yeah, and they had pinball machines. What kind of magical laundromat is this? Uh Soma. If anybody here You could wash your clothes and, and do and, and drink. And watch and open eat. mic comedy. It was really great. <laughs> so he grabbed a knife from the kitchen? Well, like from the counter. Like they had the uh you know they have the thing where they keep all the silverware in? Like, I think they had just got done yeah, doing yeah, dishes yeah, yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. He grabbed, like, a butter knife? He grabbed a... <laughs> <laughs> he grabbed a butter knife and was, like, trying to God. go. 
And then everybody like carried him outside. What, that's like a Michelle Gondry music video. Yeah, it was great. I was in a laundromat doing my clothes, but I was also doing stand-up. But I was also, <laughs> it was also a restaurant and a bar. And then people were fighting with butter knives. It was really great. I miss those old days of stand-up when it was scary. Yeah, they were fucking rad. Yeah. I, I, they were hell, but they were like, they made us men. Yeah, now it's just sad. Yeah, now it's kind of like... Yeah, the, it's not as you can always go back to those shows. Those shows still exist. Yeah, but you, it's like I don't even move the way that I used to. I was like, back then I was supposed to be in that room. Now it's like a weird. It's a weird feeling going back to those rooms. It's a weird sadness going back to those rooms. You feel like something's terribly wrong. Yeah, I don't yeah. sleep on a couch yeah. anymore. I'm not excited about the potential of what's going to happen anymore. I'm like scared. It's not. I went to uh, Columbus, Ohio, one time to do a gig. It was. It was in a small venue. It felt like almost like a sports bar, but they had a stage. It had a proper stage and a, and a mic. And they did book me. Like they flew me out. They paid me like a, a decent check. And I don't know. I think this is like right before the Argonne just started. But I'm on stage and I'm doing well. I wasn't bombing. I was on stage. It's all college kids. The place is packed. Maybe it was like season one of the Argonne show. I'm not sure. Place is packed. I'm doing well. There's this super drunk white girl in the front, in like front row, texting the whole time, talking, oblivious to me on stage, oblivious to that she's part of a show. And I'm like trying to like roast her politely to be like, hey, I'm in the middle of uh, work right now, sweetie. Can you shut the fuck up? Like doing like little things like that, like playfully, like trying to get her to shut the fuck up, but she won't. She's being belligerent and texting. And I go, give me your phone. And she's like, okay. And then I, I grabbed her phone. I looked up mom in her contacts and I texted, I texted her mom, mom, yeah. dot, dot, dot. I've always had a thing for dad. And the crowd erupts like, oh shit. And I'm like, and I'm gonna, I was like, I'm going to hold your phone up here until your mom starts responding. Her mom starts responding crazy shit. I'm writing back shit. And then I give her her phone back thinking like that you've been reprimanded. Now you can, you can do damage control with your mom. You can say that, you know, that's her opportunity to be like, oh, a comedian grabbed my phone and he's fucking with you. And then she was so drunk, I don't think she processed anything that happened, and she just kept blabbing away and kept being fucking annoying. So I was like, God damn it. So I was like, give me your phone. And I go, hey, everybody, I'm going to pass this phone around. Um, let's pass it around the whole audience and just text any text her mom, text her dad, text anybody in her phone anything you want. And like hundreds of kids got access to her phone and texted God knows what. I have no idea what the kids did. Just amazing. The phone, the phone got back to her and she's kind of like in and out. And then she's like grabs her phone. She starts looking at it and I, I see her turn like Bugs Bunny thermometer red with anger, with like drunken anger and like just in like inhaling all the fucking foul texts these college kids are probably sending to like every one of her friends and family and anyone in her phone ex-boyfriends, old bosses, people she currently works with, who knows? Who knows what Jimon pop up. Yeah, Jimon pop up. Like yeah, I just like just the fucking heinous debris that these people these the vitriol that <laughs> Whatever. I, I have no idea. And I'm not responsible entirely for what they said, but like just heinous crimes against humanity. Oh, it was bad. So I see her just reacting to all these incoming shit on her phone. And then she just, and then I just go back. And she, I'm like kind of clocking her out of the corner of my eye. And I just go back to my set. I'm like, hey, what's up with the new Blibbity Blue or whatever? <laughs> then she just jumps on stage and swings like a big haymaker. 
at me, and I like, whoa! I like Matrix Tai Chi'd out of the way. She almost punched me right in the face. And then I'm like looking at security, like, help, help me. And then like some college kids just kind of like dragged her <laughs> it's out. It's not real security because they're kids. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, it was like it, the security didn't even help. They were like cracking up in the background. They're like, this guy's crazy, man. And I was like, no, help me out right now. And I had some like 18 year old kids like help me out. So like the kids like kind of like dragged her out. And then finally security came in, dragged her out. And I was like, what the fuck? And but like the crowd is erupting at this point. It was actually a really good set. And the crowd's erupting. And I kind of ended early after that. I was like, there's not really any jokes I can do after this. I can't go back to like be like, did you see Game of Thrones or whatever the fuck? You know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, the set's gonna be short, but whatever. I'm going out on a high. And then as I'm leaving the venue, she's outside in the hallway, and I'm like, oh fuck. And she looks at me like none of that ever even happened and she was like what's up can i get a selfie with you and i was like really it's like her brain just control alt deleted everything and she was like what's up she's like i had a great time and like no anger she was just like "Woo, that was fun like comedy that's what a comedy show is like i was like didn't i just like destroy your life 15 ways to just everybody said that you were trying to blow your brother and now she's just like hey good day (laughs) yeah she was just like that was fun comedy shows are crazy (laughs) with eric andre Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everyone. This is Molly and Matt, and we're the hosts of Grown Up Stuff How to Adult, a podcast from Ruby Studio and iHeart Podcasts. It's a show dedicated to helping you figure out the trickiest parts of adulting. 
like how to start planning for retirement, creating a healthy skincare routine, understanding when and how much to tip someone, and so much more. Here's a clip from an upcoming episode featuring the weekly home checks, Keyshawn Lane, that you won't want to miss. A common mistake that a lot of people do, they use fabric softener when it's not so great for your clothes. Should we never be using fabric softener? No, you should not ever be using fabric softener. It leaves a deposit on our clothes, which is also left in the machine. And it also makes the clothes highly flammable. Wait, what? (laughs) Yes. What you want to do instead is just use a quarter cup of vinegar. And that'll make them softer? That'll make them softer. And if you wanted some kind of scent, you can use essential oils. Wow, wow, wow. Catch new episodes of Grown Up Stuff How to Adult every other Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Grown Up Stuff. With Eric Andre. Well, what's the worst you've ever seen somebody bomb? Oh, I have. The, I wrote this one down too. This was in, this was in Denver years ago. We were at this bar called the Lion's Lair. Yeah. And this guy, you know how when you first start comedy, there's these guys who are like, you were technically a comic, but mostly you're just like trying to stay out of jail. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, totally. Like these guys on that. I mean, everybody you start with is a total psychopath. Yeah, 100%. Like in the beginning, it's like all crazy people. In the beginning, you're surrounded by lunatics. Yeah. So this was one of those guys. And we were at the Lion's Lair. Where's the Lion's Lair? It's off of Colfax in Denver, like the old Colfax, if you remember. It was pretty, pretty wild. Is it like a comedy club? What is it? No, it's just a bar. It's just a shitty bar. A dive bar. But it's classic. But we were at the Lion's Lair. This guy comes in with this girl. And he's like one of those guys. He's just known for being nuts or whatever. And he goes on stage and he does this whole bombing. Does this whole bit about how much he loves this girl named Allison. Who was the girl he brought? And he's saying crazy shit. Oh my God. He's, he's like, oh my God. Dog, he's like declaring his love for her. He says at one <laughs> How is she reacting? Bro, he says at one point, he's like, he's like, I love you, Allison. She is like, if some guy came in here and he had AIDS and he pulled out his dirty AIDS ridden dick and he said, I would have to suck that dick to save your life, I would do it to save you, Allison, right? So he's saying all this crazy shit bombing. The girl puts her head in her hands like she's crying, right? The bartender, this guy, Tony, he thinks that she's laughing because he thinks it's funny because he's a degenerate. So she's crying with her head in her hands. Tony comes up and slaps her on the back. And it's like, like, I know, right? And she's crying and Tony's like, and then the comic asks her to marry him. He's like, and Allison, just in front of here, in front of all these people, I just want to ask. Will you marry me? And she goes, you already know the answer. And she runs out and he ran out. Oh, my Lord. It was really amazing. Why did that guy do that? Because he's crazy, man. Because he's crazy. In like a shitty dive bar too, like not a romantic setting. Dog. And she's crying into her hands. And the bartender's just got his hand on her back like, no, this is great. Yeah, it was, it was. I would suck an AIDS dick to save you. It's like no one asked you to say that. Nobody. Or do it that. was a That's crazy, crazy scenario. <laughs> it was a crazy scenario. And it's not stand up, so it's just he's just bombing and he's, he's like stinking up the room. Just and everybody and you know we're all up there just waiting to go like <laughs> just waiting to tell jokes yeah. about the Iraq War. Yeah, I have this joke about the bus I was gonna tell, and now you're gonna fucking. <laughs> 
Talk about sucking AIDS dick. Everybody, nobody in the room is into this, dude. And then she ran out and he followed her. It was, it was great. Yeah. Oh, shit. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, it was really good. It's just really, really, really good. with Eric Andre. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everyone. This is Molly and Matt, and we're the hosts of Grown Up Stuff How to Adult, a podcast from Ruby Studio and iHeart Podcasts. It's a show dedicated to helping you figure out the trickiest parts of adulting. Like how to start planning for retirement, creating a healthy skincare routine, understanding when and how much to tip someone, and so much more. Here's a clip from an upcoming episode featuring the weekly home checks, Keyshawn Lane, that you won't want to miss a common mistake that a lot of people do. They use fabric softener when it's not so great for your clothes. Should we never be using fabric softener? No, you should not ever be using fabric softener. It leaves a deposit on our clothes, which is also left in the machine and also makes the clothes highly flammable. Wait, what? (laughs) Yes. What you want to do instead is just use a quarter cup of vinegar. And that'll make them softer? That'll make them softer. And if you wanted some kind of scent, you can use essential oils. Wow, wow, wow. Catch new episodes of Grown Up Stuff How to Adult every other Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Grown Up Stuff. With Eric Andre. What's the craziest shit you've ever seen in your life before your very, very eyes? And it doesn't have to be dar- anything dark. Oh. But, like, but, but just like fucking somebody taking a big dump on the subway kind of <laughs> wild. Wildness. I don't know. The craziest thing I've ever seen in my life? That's a hard one. <laughs> it's a hard one. I've seen some it is a hard weird one. shit. Yeah, it's hard. 
It's hard. I saw three dudes banging in a hot in a in a La Quinta hot tub one time. <laughs> Just three boys having a good old time. Yeah, well, I think I think it was two <laughs> old dudes, and then the younger one was a sex worker because he was like way too hot for them. Oh, it was like a lemon party. I was opening for Steve-O <laughs> at the Bray Improv. <laughs> and I don't have a car, you know. I, I don't drive, so I had to get a spot at the La Quinta because I couldn't go back and forth to L.A. the whole weekend. Oh, dude, I'll fucking tell. I'll give you a ride to La Quinta, dude. I'm fucking these two old guys later, bro. He didn't. He didn't, which sucked. So I, <laughs> then I was just like, I had like a couple of tall kids, and I was like, <laughs> but it, it, from what I saw around the corner, it looked like it was like a train. Like it was Whoa. like dude on dude. It was a human centipede. Yeah, that's what it looked like. But like Wild. as soon as I got there, they split up. You were you were a bit of a party boober. Yeah. You're a cock blocker. I was a cock blocker. Which <laughs> it was weird because I wanted to be like, hey man, do it. Like I don't hey, that's cool, dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, it's just, whatever, man. <laughs> you guys banging it hot to me. I'd be like, it's cool. It's Friday. It's La Quinta. Yeah, yeah do yeah, it up. Yeah, what else are you Live gonna your... do? I'm gonna go in and drink what these else all and be sad. Like you're having a better night. I bob in front of Steve. Oh no! Did you bomb? He, I didn't do great. They just want Steve. You know what I mean. So it's like anything else is not opening up for a celebrity is a, a tough fucking nugget. It's I haven't really done it a lot. So let me, <laughs> nobody takes uh, me. That's out. the hardest I ever bombed. Opening up for Chris Rock. I really? Fucking, that's the hardest I bombed in like recent life. It's quasi recent life. I mean, like the first like ten years of doing stand up is bombing, but like. In recent life, that was a fucking harsh. Was it like was a, a big? Was room. it like a big venue? Huge theater in New Orleans. <laughs> Huge, beautiful theater. And I like. I never did great opening up for his audience. I would just like hold my ground. You right. know, I would just do like short enough and well enough where they like wouldn't completely turn on me. But I was never lighting up the night sky. Right, but they let you do it. But this night. I was struggling so hard. My girlfriend came to the show the first three nights, so I was like really trying to fucking bring my A game. And then she left a day early, and then the day she left, and I didn't have the pressure of impressing her. I like kind of was phoning it in and not realizing it, and I was like halfway through my set, and then the crickets were getting louder, and I wasn't really paying attention. Then I just hear this guy in the back go, "Next," (laughs) and I was like, "What?" And instead of instead of like. Just getting the fuck out of there or trying to like roll into comedy. I was like, I was like, I turned into fucking, what's that Patrick Swayze movie, Roadhouse? I turned into a guy from Roadhouse. I was like, well, get up here, motherfucker, and say that shit to my face. Whoa. Because you... I was like, gonna try to like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I turned into like the bad guy from fucking Karate Kid. This is the worst part. And I was like, because I was like, I was like, in my mind, I'll get him up here and I'll roast him. And then like, and like he, he's like, I'm not moving. I'm not going up to you. Are no, you fucking kidding not. me? I'm like in like an expensive seat. I'm just chilling in the back and making fun of you. And then I tried to like, and then after that, I tried to like roll into another joke. I was like, so anyway, Seinfeld's a crazy show or whatever the fuck. And then, uh, boy, did I bomb. And then uh, I, I just remember um, this dude, this like Puerto Rican dude in the front row looked up and he goes, come on, Eric, you can do better than this. Oh, no. <laughs> Cause he loves like he <laughs> he actually like kind of like me and I was like shit man I can't <laughs> I can't Dude, that I can't hurts I'm so like uh, I just try to do I like try to end on my like most universal joke with that Cuban sign and like kind of got like a uh, uh, but I already like fucking 
Cobra Kai dojo the fucking come on bear motherfucker <laughs> like and like I got off stage and Hannibal was there. He's like, this isn't a bar show. You can't be like, come on up here. Like, just I'm like drunk at like a bar. This is like thousands of people, man. Like, they're not going to go leave their seat to like, what, fist fight you on stage? Like, that's a crazy, what do you think's going on here? And uh, I just remember being devastated. But but Chris and his um, tour manager were so sweet about it. They were like, oh, yeah. Chris was like, oh, give me a big hug. And he was like, ask me what happened when... Prince opened up for the Rolling Stones. I go, what happened? He goes, people were like, boo, like throwing bottles at Prince, like, get off the fucking stage. We want to see the Rolling Stones. Did that make you feel better at all? That made me feel a little bit better. (laughs) And then his tour manager was like old school dude who like tour managed James Brown and shit. And he was like, ask me what happened when Chris played London. I go, what happened? He goes, he bombed so fucking bad. And it was our first show of the tour. And I was like, oh yeah? And he goes, and then he was so frustrated. He like went back to the club like as they were closing at 11 p.m. And he's like, "Just get me back on stage." And he like proceeded to have like the best set of his life. He's like, "Bombing makes you stronger, man. It doesn't make you weaker, yeah. kid." He was like an old like beatnik. Yeah, you know? he's really nice. So that made me feel better. But I mean, do you like bombing? Are you one of those guys who like some comics? No, like- that's like Nor- <laughs> Norm Macdonald said he would like bombing. And Kevin Barnett used to tell me, "Yeah, he liked Kevin like bombing." Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's like, I like that the audience like paid all his money they saw they saw me and they're like fucking pissed about it but i don't know to me i'm too sensitive man i fucking same i hate i, it. I don't mind if if there's like a, a bunch of comics on the show and they're all bombing then i'm okay but if it's just me bombing it was like it, this was the lineup for the show by the way it was like jeff ross who crushed <sighs> then me who bombed then like hannibal then dave Chappelle, <laughs> then chris rock and they all like destroyed so you it were like, like the one weak link. i was the one weak link it was a nightmare scenario and i'm like up against like like the mount rushmore of stand-up comedy you know what I mean? yeah like, uh, that's God the worst damn it. I remember one time I opened for the Wayans brothers and they wouldn't even let me meet them. And then I ate a bag of dicks and then they for real um, wouldn't let me in the green room. Oh, I had to just like, <laughs> I had to just like go home, like on the BART. Like, oh, God, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's a long BART ride. <laughs> oh, it was, it's like Tommy T's. It was like Pleasanton. It was like the last stop. From the city, uh, it was like, oh man, yeah, I don't <laughs> like bombing either, dude. I, I mean, it happens sometimes. I do get the only time I kind of like bombing is sometimes I'll get in my head where I'll be like, for whatever reason, I'll decide that I don't like them, yeah, and then and then I'll go up and I have it in my head that I don't like them. So if I don't if I don't do well, I kind of feel okay about it. All right, David, they said it couldn't be done, and we done did. I said it couldn't be stopped. <laughs> <laughs> I said it couldn't be started. <laughs> Look at, <laughs> look at us now. Look at us now. We did it. <laughs> All right, buddy. It was great talking to you. If you come to New York, hit me up. I if will. I will. Denver, I'll hit you up. Hell yeah. And oh, always a pleasure. Always fun time. With Eric Andre. Bombing with Eric Andre is brought to you by Will Ferrell's Big Money Players Network and iHeart Podcast. Executive produced by Han Sani and Olivia Aguilar. Edited and sound designed by Andy Harris. Our art is by Dylan Vanderberg. And if you want to confess to your own bombing moments or give us a shout out, go rate us five stars and drop a review on your podcast app of choice. Write about your own stories of bombing at life. If you're on Apple Podcasts, you can also subscribe to Big Money Players Diamond to get exclusive bonus content with every episode. Listen to all my episodes ad-free. The guests on Bombing with Eric Andre were recorded before the SAG after strike, so leave me alone, internet. Bye! 
Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 